Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content which may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 14, Episode 14, Baby Steps. The Baby Steps. The Goo Goo Boo Boo. There's no baby this episode there's to no, be seen. Yeah, there's no baby st- There's no baby talking either. Spoiler alert. I just added that in. <laughs> this was a good one. I gotta say, they made us wait really pretty much the entire season. Teasing it out. But we finally got some some meaty content to sink into. Ooh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the adjective I'd go with. Meaty. It's got a, it's got a tender, it's got a good mouthfeel to it, this episode. <laughs> Let me tell you. No says that about meat oh it's got a great mouthfeel <laughs> people say that about me people say that about food in general not just meat it can be all sorts of food we'll see how things progress but this may be drunk episode number two. Oh, okay had quite a bit of vodka already tonight i think we should start with announcements i feel like we have news we, have we news do we do thank you to everybody who participated in the listener audience survey we're really, really impressed by the number. Oh, yeah. The number of responses that we got. And let me tell you. I'm blown away. It was pretty unanimous that you want us to continue with Sister Wives. Oh, yeah. So that's so, that's definitely what we're going to so do. So that's the plan. Next week, for anyone who didn't catch it, is the finale episode. For some reason, we're not getting a tell-all this year. Honestly, I'm thankful that we're not. I have to say, I think we said everything that needed to be said this season. Yeah, maybe, you know, they took a little bit of a, the word I'm looking for. Creative liberty? What are you talking about? <laughs> no. They took a little, they took. They, they were generous and didn't make us sit through another 
recap of all of the moves that took place over the course of this season. So let's be thankful for that. They took their sweet ass time getting here (laughs) just in the regular content. I don't think we needed to recap it. So this is the plan moving forward. What we are going to do is cover the finale episode next week. And then starting immediately after that, we are going into a rewatch of Sister Wives. Yep. So that'll Starting be, with season one, episode one. And that'll be April 19th will be our first season one, episode one, going back to the, the OG Sister Wives content. So we'll have more information for you guys probably next week's podcast, but trying to figure out how we could do something a little bit more organized in terms of a rewatch, because we want to be able to have a conversation with you all as we go back and watch these seasons, because this is going to be fun and there's going to be a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, I, get to, I get to experience it. I'm excited. Yes, this will be Corey's first time. I'll have a whole different frame of reference. I'm not going to know any of these people. It's going to be great. Just wait till we go back to even the first episode. That's what I'm saying. And you see these personalities and how so they've different. changed. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We want you to watch along with us. We'll have more details next week. Good, good, good. And with that, that brings us to our TLC episode description. It does. Maddie thinks she's in labor, but it's a false alarm. So Cody heads back to Flagstaff. Cody and Robin are at wit's end over their struggle to close on her house. Cody and Mary head to the therapist in Vegas where the brutal truth comes out. All right, that was true. Yeah. I'll give them that. The later part, yeah. I don't know how much distance there is between Cody and Robin's wits end. I don't know <laughs> what that span would look like. Another brown kid plans their escape. Did you want to give me a segue? <laughs> Maybe you can jump in with yours, Carly, out of nowhere. <laughs> with zero introduction and absolute spontaneity. You all know when I start reading what it is. It's coming in. You know what it is. Another brown kid plans their escape from the family. Robin defends plural marriage against the mortgage industry. Mary and Cody take a quick eight-hour round-trip drive to couples counseling. That killed me. Oh, my God. They just mentioned it's a quick quick little drive down to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, like, who doesn't make this trip on the reg? For nothing in particular. Never mind to go to marriage counseling. You know, it'd been on the list. We've been meaning to do it. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Good. Overall, okay, I guess we kind of covered overall thoughts about the episode. Yeah. Yeah, to hell with moving. We we needed, we deserved an entire season of therapy episodes. Yes. Like, I could have done without half of the moves, if not more. I'd say 75% of the moves could probably go, <laughs> and I would still be fine with we that. We want to just keep Mary's moves. Let's throw the rest out. Yeah, the fire move, that was a good one. I don't know, the one where Christine smashed Janelle's bike into the wall that was pretty good yeah that's a good one but uh nah few and far between there was a lot of moving material so i would prefer an entire episode or episode an entire season there you go where they just go to therapy and i don't want to see the bullshit of all the other wives at therapy with cody just mary and cody i want to see nancy talking about the banana pick the banana pick I haven't subjected Corey to looking at Mary's banana pick yet. Oh. Or have I? Have I? I know what you're talking about. I went a very, the connection that that made in my head was not. Blocked it out. You need your own therapy. No, no it's not even that. It was, I don't know why. I thought it was, I thought you were saying banana pick, <laughs> like an actual like <laughs> device, like a, not 
that pick was short for picture. I think I don't, that was where I missed my connection. <laughs> Are you okay? Or is it just me? You're laughing at me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. That's what happened. Like, like a pick you pick your teeth with. Yeah. Or like a hair pick, you know, I thought this was a safe space where I could share my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> I, I got, I lost the plot for a minute. I'm sorry. Oh, my stomach hurts from laughing, but it doesn't hurt as much as Maddie's does as she thinks that she's in labor oh. in North Carolina. She thinks, you know, Maddie had like a lot of details. Is this the thing? Is this the thing that happens to pregnant women where all of a sudden you're like an expert on what's going on with your birth process inside you where she was like, I can tell the baby moved and she's in this position now. And I'm like, what? I, I mean, I guess you can feel it. And especially if you, she's had a kid before she had Axel. So, I mean, she knows kind of what that felt like. So second time around, you're an old pro. I guess I was like, do you, do you have a medical degree? You're like, you're talking all kinds of, all kinds of things I know nothing about. She's got it. No, she's got that taken care of. No problem. Well, Axel almost fell out a window. That was pretty <laughs> cool too. Yeah. Cody walks into the hotel room and Axel just kind of goes for the window. He's going in the opposite direction. <laughs> it's like, I got to get out of here. This man with the crazy hair is back at it again. He's scaring me. Coming at me. Yeah. So the labor doesn't last too long. Because the baby's getting turned <laughs> up. That's what's going on. Okay. Maddie decides that she's just going to skip the whole birth thing and she's going to go home. She's overstaying in her hotel room. She wants to go sleep in her own bed. She can't deal with wrangling Axel around this hotel room anymore. She's like, you know what? I still got the receipt. I'm just going to return this baby. That's fine. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm done. It may it may happen in the car. Don't I'm care. at peace with that. Yeah, don't, don't care. care. Don't care. Don't care at this point. I will say Maddie made a brave choice this episode, and that was to wear white pants, Ooh. which is brave for anyone. Mm. Never mind a pregnant woman who's probably hours from their water breaking. Getting dangerously close on the precipice. So she talks to the midwife again about this whole thing, trying to get, you know, that clearance to go home. The midwife was wearing a sweatband. Did you notice that? Mm -mm. It was like a headband, sweatband situation. thought that was just her look. I don't yeah. know. It was like she was ready. Oh. She was ready for people to just be popping babies out in that bathtub. Well, that's good. At any point. So then they get sent home. So Maddie, Maddie gets her wish. Wish granted. Even though the midwife basically tells her, I won't be surprised if I see you turn around and come back in a few hours because yeah. I've seen it happen before. So they're outside telling this to Cody and Janelle and Christine. And Cody is upset about the whole thing because Maddie wanting to go home means that it's going to cut into his time to hang out with Caleb. Right. That's the so real story that's, here. That was just inconvenient. He flew all this way from Flagstaff. He wants to hang out with his favorite son. And now he can't. Cody came to play with Caleb or uh, I mean Axel. Or, no, no. Yeah, I think that was right. He does tail them back to their home and hang out with them for a while longer before he decides to finally go back to Flagstaff. To find out some interesting news about Isabel. Yes. Isabel and Christine have been making some plans while Cody's been busy at Robin's house. Plotting, maybe, <laughs> would be the word for it. And Isabel wants to move to North Carolina, possibly, for college. After she's done with high school, which again, she's only 16. Yeah. So there's some time here. Mm -hmm. uh, and she wants to do that so that she could be closer to Maddie and Axel. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's a good plan and it's something that gets you for Christine's point of view. It, it gets her out of the house. So that's good because <laughs> we know Christine is 
all on board for getting these kids out of the house because that leaves more time at home for adulting and more counter space. So again, Christine loves the idea. Cody hates it upon first hearing it. And this is the first time he's heard of it. So, (laughs) and uh, really Cody's whole issue is that he prefers to keep the kids penned up like barnyard animals. You got to keep the calves in the corral. You can keep them alive that way. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want them to leave too early, which was interesting. Mm. Cough, cough, Dayton. Mm. Hmm. How do we, how can we move to Flagstaff again? Mm, There's a couple of reasons. Was it to keep all of the, all of the animals in the, in the corral? The barnyard's getting pretty scarce though nowadays. (laughs) Let's put it that way. It is. It is. Especially if they're still trying to build a big old barn out on Coyote Pass, which there are not going to be enough people to populate that land in three years. And it's going to take them at least two to build. So this is going to be really, really interesting in terms of construction. Yeah, Cody is getting really concerned about that. He So his solution is we've got to get out on Coyote Pass as fast as possible because for some reason Coyote Pass is just going to be this magical place that traps all the kids there forever. They're always going to want to come back for Christmas. They're going to stay nearby. They're not going to do crazy things like move across the country to live near their their other siblings. It's Waco. Cody wants to build Waco. <laughs> Is pretty much what's going on. He wants it to be this eternal land where everybody comes and stays forever. Mm-hmm. It's like The Shining. It is like The Shining. Yeah, it's like The Overlook. You check in, but you don't check out. Yeah. One thing I do want to remind Cody of, since he's getting all worked up about his 16-year-old's plans, are that he once had a 16-year-old who wanted to be, uh, who wanted to live plural marriage as well, and is now engaged to another woman. So I think that he should take teenage plans with a grain of salt. Well, and that's just polygamy, but more efficient. You know, you're just cutting out the middleman and you're just marrying. Oh, we'll talk about that later because Robin doesn't seem to think she's married to three other women. Cody's flight must be departing in about 20 minutes because he's about (laughs) to head out to the airport. Um, So he's going to call an Uber or get dropped off. But uh, it's time to head back to Flagstaff and check in on Robin because we know she's losing her mind. So we get another Cody and Robin scene, which I feel like we've had enough of this season. But here we go again. And it's no surprise that they're back on Coyote Pass and they're talking about moving again. Because they got a lot of Coyote Pass is growing U-Haul trucks. That's it's very fertile land and they're, they just, are, they're sprouting up all over. The they place. are just multiplying because last episode I we thought, saw two trucks. I thought there was two. A hundred percent. There were just two trucks that they drove out there. Well, they only showed us parking two of them because apparently. Right. But they also never had a conversation about where are the other two going to go. No. They cut that out. So this week we get surprised with the twist that there are actually four U-Hauls out on Coyote Pass. I guess they didn't realize that the movers weren't done yet. They were like, guys, we still have a lot of stuff in the back. It's <laughs> We're going to need a few more trucks. We need multiple We trucks. haven't cleared any of this Christmas stuff. No. this All this stuff is going to need a whole nother truck. At least one, if not two more. The best part of this whole thing is Robin kind of intros us to this conversation by telling us about how she's surprised that the closing is taking as long as it is because... The bank is asking them more information about their finances. Yeah, because 
being a plural family is the reason that they're being held up from closing on the home. That's the that's the reason well, that Robin gives. I was like, okay, tell these lenders to join the club because we've all been asking yeah. how the finances work in this family. Oh, yeah. It's been... We've been trying to put this puzzle together, too, and nobody can seem to figure it out, so... It's, it's been years in the making. Start praying for them. That is just the, the scratch on the surface of their issues for coming up with the financing for this mortgage. Right, and of course... It's all something against plural families because anyone else who's ever closed on a house has not had the experience where your lender, despite you providing them a couple hundred pages <laughs> in Detail. documents, Detailed documented comes information. back just when you think that you've given them everything they've asked for and asked you for more information. That doesn't happen to anybody. Just plural families. Information proof. Um, yeah, asking you to sell off assets that you barely even were aware that you had and free stuff up like some that. liquidity. That you doesn't know, happen to anybody. Know. Just little stuff. So again, they're back at the U-Hauls, and the reason for this is they made a big deal of it the last episode. They made sure that we saw that Robin packed up a couple of tubs of toys for Ariella and Saul. And it's been a couple weeks, and they're bored of the shit that they've been playing with. So they're back. Just to stare at their stuff that's packed in the back of these trucks. Plus, Robin had to check on it to make sure it didn't melt in the heat <laughs> since they didn't get to park up in the trees like she wanted. So she was really worried about the uh, the temperature control going on in the U-Hauls. Yeah, so they just popped the back of the U-Hauls open and they're just staring at everything. And even though they were there for toys, they're all of a sudden now they're for Cody's pillows that he can't live without. Yeah, we get to spend a good five minutes talking about Cody's pillow preferences. And I was half expecting the My Pillow guy to pop out of the back of the truck and start a whole sales pitch. And I thought it was going to be leading right into a, a direct infomercial yes. within the episode itself. But we got like, close. Is this a product placement situation? Yeah, what's, we got what's happening. We got dangerously close to that. We dodged a bullet. So apparently, Cody has like 15 different pillows, a third of which are at Robin's home. Very telling. A third, not a fourth. No, he doesn't stay at Mary's. No, he doesn't even leave a pillow there, guys. Mm -mm. He's not even acting like he's coming back to stay. He's got all these personal pillows at all these other wives' homes. Mary's, eh. Don't need it. Don't need it. Not coming here. That's a waste. If I decide to sleep over, I'll bring my own pillow. Right. BYOP. Yeah, it's not going to happen, though. <laughs> so we get reassured here, hey, even if the financing falls through, because plural families don't fit into the financial world of mortgages, remember. Even if it does come to that, we always have Sedona. Right. There's a backup plan. Backup to the backup. Robin has a backup plan. Great. She has been praying for this rental. She's still praying that she gets this rental out in Sedona or out towards Sedona. I don't know because last week she said towards Sedona. This week she said in Sedona. Yeah, we can't pin this down. No, we can't. But what we do know is it's about a 45 minute drive to Sedona. That's probably the same school district, right? <laughs> that was number one priority. So more genius ideas. Great. We'll see how that plays out, but uh, put a pin in that for later. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Now, this is this is a, something to be marveled upon mm. for any married couple. Cody and Robin are on the couch talking about this entire situation and the frustration around it. And about how Cody's not sure if he doesn't even think that they could have planned this move any better. It just kind of, it is what it is. And this was what they got. And this is, this is how they're doing it. And no regrets. And Robin immediately butts in because she's got to set up her entire manipulation tactic here. So right away after Cody finishes that, she says, I'm the one that's going to get blamed. She played it. She played it really well. She did. So right away, she's setting up like, oh, I'm the one that's going to get blamed for all this. Oh. And Cody has to come to her defense and right away tells her that I'm not going to blame you. No. I'm not going to blame you, love. How could I blame you? How was stalling until 20 days out from being kicked out of your home your fault? That's not your fault. That's God's fault. He didn't give you a <laughs> rental like you asked. It's it's. God's fault. That's, that's what it is. Who I can don't blame, blame Robin? I don't blame you, Robin. I blame God. What if another wife did this? This was my immediate oh, thought. Oh, man. Yeah. What if Mary did this? We would, no, it wouldn't even get to film because they'd be doing the, they'd be straight to court TV for <laughs> <laughs> the, the judicial hearings, of Cody murdering her. Yeah. There's, there's just no way. I can't understand how this woman gets away with everything that she does, but she really needs to write another bestseller because let me tell you, that thing would end up at the top of the New York Times bestseller list yeah. because everyone needs to know, how do you manipulate your spouse so efficiently and effectively, Robin? Wrapped around a little We want to know the secrets. That's it. Another controversial topic. Robin doesn't like the idea of getting a storage unit instead of continuing to pay for all of these U-Haul trucks by the day. I am so on board with that, though, because I don't... It doesn't matter what the price is you pay to keep those trucks. You do not get a storage unit. Hell no. Do not move. Drop all this crap. Out. You're going to put four trucks worth of stuff into a storage unit and then have to rent four more trucks at a later date to then repack those trucks and get them to the house. Oh, see, I was on the other side of this. Hell no. Leave I, the trucks. Well, Don't care. OK, this is the mistake. Step one when they before they got the U-Haul should have been that they should have gotten pods or some type of storage container. I agree with they that. They should have foreseen this given how all of their other moves have gone that and the fact that they seem to know that having a plural family and trying to get a mortgage was going to be tricky. Cody even talks at one point about the fact that lending has changed so much in the past 10 years. Yeah. You know, mostly because the, of, mostly because of people like them, <laughs> right? Mostly because you know the financial crisis that was caused by people who overextended themselves and took out mortgages that they couldn't afford. That things have really changed, and they might not even get their mortgage now. Yeah, just saying. The maybe zone. some foresight. You should have put all that stuff in a pod instead of a U-Haul, which is very expensive to rent for weeks on end. So they're in a pickle, as always. If you're always in a pickle, then it's it's like there's no, you know, that's all you know. That's that's normal. 
So this is this is just what they do. Now, another pickle is that Cody's worried about the fact that he's going to have to go back to North Carolina at some point in the next week or so when Maddie finally gives birth. Probably sooner. Yeah. Yeah. But he's basically on call at this point because he also doesn't know when they're going to close on the house. So he might end up in North Carolina when they close on the house and then Robin, heaven forbid, may be stuck unloading the truck by herself. She might have to lift a finger, you guys. We're getting dangerously close to that situation. What about Mary, who's still in Flagstaff, and all of your other children who are there, right? That's what he was saying was, well, he They can't help? He didn't mention Mary, but he said, yeah, Robin and kids. Well, you know, family helps family move, so... Those are words to live by, really. Maybe someone should embroider them on a pillow and then Cody would bring it to Mary's house. (laughs) I doubt it, though. I still doubt that. There's not a circumstance that would get Cody to bring a pillow to Mary's. No, I think the first time he even learned where Mary lived was when they had to go evacuate her from the fire. He was like, huh, hmm, oh, this is going to burn down? Now Cody is teasing Robin about... Rightfully so. About the whole situation on Coyote Pass, all their shits out there. It's kind of funny, isn't it? After all this stuff has happened, that just, you gotta laugh. It's a husband's duty. So he teases Robin about the fact that he's going to get a pod, a container, which again would have been useful a while ago. And he's going to put all her stuff in it and she can come out here to get her Christmas decorations. In a couple months. Yeah, because it's like August now, July, August. Right, so she'll be out there in December, still homeless. (laughs) Still homeless. Digging through containers to get all her Christmas shit. That'd be great. But you know one whole truck is full of. Oh, at least. An entire truck. At least. And this is also when he was talking about pitching her a tent out on Coyote Pass, too. Yeah. So then that way she can just be close to her stuff, right where she belongs. They're going to need someone to watch it. Oh, yeah. They're going to need security. Yeah, Dayton's keeping an eye on it in his spare time. But, (laughs) you know, he's he's overseeing it. Moving into more important things, better things, more entertaining things. Mary and Cody take a quick trip to see their marriage counselor back in Vegas. Good old three hour and 45 minute drive one way. Okay. You're on the verge. I mean, not even on the verge. They basically, they don't have a marriage at this point. They're two people who struggle to coexist in a situation where they're technically family, but there's nothing that really ties them together legally to stay together. Things are bad. You're going to go to counseling, which you haven't been to in a long time. You're going to ride three hours and 45 minutes together there and back. Doesn't sound like a good idea. Sounds toxic. Sounds like the the nail in the coffin to that marriage. It sounds like good TV, but they didn't even show it. Oh, I was very upset that we did not get to see the ride back. I was remiss that we did not have GoPro footage dashboard cam just even the well they showed them in the car a little bit on the way there boring yeah i know well they weren't talking to each other but come on producers you couldn't even take some of the footage from them driving on the way there and make it look like that was them on the way back and give us the silence because we know it happened oh it definitely happened they definitely did not talk to each other at all the whole ride back and exactly the situation that you were describing though they admitted Mary talks about how their relationship is bad. They know Mm -hmm. that it's bad. They just wait for it to get so bad that they both agree, yeah, we should probably go to therapy. And then that's when they go blow everything up and mix it up at therapy. Right. For some reason, therapy is like a last resort option for them 
rather than something that they routinely keep up with that will guide them towards improving their relationship. They're just slapping that Band-Aid on there to just keep plugging away, keep on trucking. So Mary apparently is the one who has asked to do this, and she's super nervous about going to therapy today, which I understand why, because when they walk in, Nancy, the therapist, greets them by saying, nobody comes to see their therapist because things are good. Maybe they should. I could not. Yeah. I couldn't. I... How does a therapist say that to somebody? Because let me tell you, therapy is, of course, very helpful when things are not good. But that is not the only time that you should go to therapy. And you shouldn't just stop going to therapy because things have improved to some degree. There are a lot of people who keep up with going to their therapist, even when their lives are in a much better place than they were, say, months or years ago. It's not like you just have to stop going to therapy. Because your life is quote unquote good. And Mary admitted she would she would prefer to be at therapy every other week if they could. Well, if she they could get Cody be. if she could get Cody to agree to it. Because again, the only time they come is when he's willing and able, it seems like, because she has right. made she, this push. It seems like she holds it all in until she can't anymore. And then she's like, We have to go to Nancy to be our mediator to talk about this because no one else is going to facilitate the conversation for them. And they sit down. It's the thickest file that Nancy has. This is the second time Nancy got on my nerves, guys. How do you tell that to a patient as a professional? Like, hold on a minute before we start. Let me shame you a bit and tell you how messed up you guys are, that this is one of my biggest files that I have. You guys are really fucked up. I'm glad to see that you're back again, though. So let's talk about how things have been over the past 18 months. Because it's been 18 fucking months since they've been to therapy. How are you going to get anything done? Yeah, it doesn't seem like they've been working on things over the past 18 months. And Nancy is real quick to pick up on that. They admitted that they've gone to dinner a few times. And that's about it. That's really about it. Again, just through the KFC drive-thru. Real quick, in and out. Okay, we're doing Applebee's pickup to go. We're not going in, okay? (laughs) We're picking it up, riding home in silence. And I'm going to turn on the TV and eat my riblets, okay? So riblets and shrimp, riblets and tenders, they mix it up once in a while, but that's basically all they're doing. Riblets can fix this. Riblets can fix what therapy cannot. Let that be a lesson to everyone. Mary tells Nancy that, I know it's been 18 months, but we've just been trying to be kind to each other, which seems like the bare minimum as a human being for how you treat other people. We're trying to to exist near each other. While eating riblets. Uh, Correct. Yes. That, That is the goal. At this point, we'd really like to get to a place where we could talk to each other while eating the riblets. But right now we're just near each other. That is a struggle, Nancy, if we're being honest. This is very difficult. Cody finally admits that, you know, we're not really acting married. We're acting. Yeah, we're a family, but we're not married at this point. It's very strange. We're like, yeah, we've all been watching that occur. (laughs) Thanks for finally admitting it out loud. Um, But Mary says that Cody has told her that he doesn't want to work on things until her relationships with the family are better. And that's the first disagreement that we have in therapy because Cody tries to correct her by saying, no, Mary, I see all of this kind of coexisting, not like we do, obviously. These issues in kind of working through things, the relationships with the family and our relationship as a married couple 
They, oh, no. they go we'll hand in hand. use that term. Yeah, they go hand in hand. That's what yeah, I'm getting So at. he's basically telling her that he doesn't think that they need to wait to work on their relationship, that she can fix her relationships with the family simultaneously. Yet for 18 months, apparently Mary has been thinking that it's one before the other and that it, it seems like he had made that pretty clear to her at some point that she needed to work on herself, work on those other relationships. And then he'd entertain all of her bullshit. Because then but my question, not right now. But then my question was, what are these other relationships then that these these issues are so prevalent that he has taken so much issue with here? And Cody reveals that he's not talking about the the other wives because that was where my mind went initially. He's talking about their adult children who they rarely see or interact with anymore. Children who have moved away are living their own lives and raising their own families. These are the people that Cody has taken issue with how Mary interacts with them. So I thought that was very odd. Well, so one thing that's interesting too, to layer on top of that is he talks about how she has all of these great relationships outside of the family. So coworkers, friends, people that she interacts with. LuLaRoe executives. Exactly. Mainly LuLaRoe executives. She has, and again, executives, mm, not sure if that's the right term, but we'll go with it for now. She has a great relationship with those people, which you guys can witness from Instagram. But the family, not so much. He takes issue with this. He wants to know why that is. I mean, maybe it's because she doesn't feel like her own family is a safe place. They circle back around Coyote Pass and talk shit about her when she leaves. The fam- maybe. The family ain't making her money. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> she she right. knows who's that's making too. her money. She's been concentrating on bringing that dough in while everyone else has been stewing about how she treats them. These riblets ain't paying for themselves. <laughs> so Nancy points out 18 months. You guys have accomplished very little. Basically nothing. Zero progress. And you have only wasted time, essentially, by her assessment here. So that's kind of her vote of confidence to get the conversation going. Now we go to Cody's talking head interview. Yow. Yeah. And this was like a huge burn. And the fact that he didn't actually say it in the therapy session was a bit disturbing. That he felt comfortable enough to say it to the producer, but not to the therapist. That felt like, it felt like train of thought where it was almost, he was able to articulate it for that first time in front of the camera on his confessional interview. Well, again, this is why you routinely go to therapy. Correct. Because you build trust with your therapist, trust with the spouse that you're there with, and you're able to come out and say those things. But how embarrassing to watch that be played back on national television and have no idea that it was said and have it not even come up in your therapy session where you're trying to address these issues. Because how many times has he talked to the producers over the 18 months? Oh, a lot lot more than Nancy. A lot. So, yeah, (laughs) he was very comfortable and was able to just get that off his chest. So he explains that the issues that he and Mary have are way deeper than the catfish because I'm assuming the producer asked how the catfish fits into this because Cody has been so angry at Mary over the last few years, basically since the catfish, that it makes you wonder if those things are connected. Because Cody is basically saying he he's not sure. At this point, he feels he doesn't even want a relationship with Mary at all. He does not want to reconcile this. He And that's what he tells the cameras, but does not say in their therapy session right. from what we see. He says that Mary mourns the loss of what they had 
but he regrets what they had. Because the closest he comes to saying that is when he's talking with her and saying, Mary wants what we used to have, but that's impossible after the whole incident, the breaking of the trust, all of the all of the tension and everything that turmoil that came from the catfish incident. We can't go back to what we had. We have to build something new. So at this point, he's admitting to the cameras he doesn't really want to build something new with Mary, and he's kind of okay with where they're at right now, which is really disturbing. Right, because where they're at is that they don't have a relationship. Bad. She just exists. It's bad. For some reason, within his within his world, she exists, but he is okay with not having any type of relationship and essentially ignoring her, which is kind of what he's been doing. Because then he was talking about how, the, again, it's a deep-rooted thing. There have been issues with Mary from the beginning of their relationship. They had a very short courtship. He goes into all these details. Um, talking about that. And I feel like a lot of that is stemming from Cody's hurt from the catfish incident because kind of damage like that can can affect how you recollect on previous engagements with that same person. Right. It's almost like 500 Days of Summer. Oh, yeah. Where the entire concept of that movie, there's a breakup and then you go back and watch what occurred and suddenly you see things differently Mm -hmm. than the way that they... The way that they occurred are not the way that you thought they occurred or vice versa. Gives it context and gives it new meaning. Right. This is my opinion about the catfish. I think that the catfish was Cody's get out of jail free card that he waited 20 plus years to cash in. He has had an issue with Mary clearly since they got married. Whether or not those issues are really big issues or they're actually issues that like any couple who doesn't really know each other that well when they get married goes through. I think a lot of people go through that. You know, that's debatable. But clearly, as that tension built, her relationships in the family eroded and then new people came into the family. It all kind of came to a head. And then the catfish happened and it was this huge betrayal of Cody's trust where Mary maybe had shitty relationships with people before, but I don't think anything that she did was enough for Cody to say, look at what Mary does. Look at what Mary did. Look at how ungrateful she is. Look at look at how she's trying to destroy this family. I think the catfish gave him that. And he's been holding on to that as something to use against her when these things come up and they have to have real conversations. Well, and it's, I think that was kind of the, the point he was making too, where he, he got to a point where he was at peace, where he was willing to wash his hands and walk away from everything. And he was okay with all of that. And he was ready to do that. But then he still feels an obligation to stay. So I feel like this was his get out moment where he, he had the opportunity. And honestly, I feel like he took it as almost a sign, you know, as this illuminating moment in his life where, yes, Every single doubt that you had in Mary over all of this time was was exactly right. Yep. Mm -hmm. You've been right all along. Yeah. Look, she finally did it. Yes. She betrayed you exactly like you thought she would. Mm -hmm. And just like you were worried about. And if anybody does not need to be vindicated, it's Cody because he's already got a very self-inflated ego. He is incredibly narcissistic. He's already has a complex. So all he needed was something like this. And I don't think, honestly, that like Mary can recover from that. In his, If he doesn't work on his own issues and how he frames the world, 
that's not going to improve. Although he seems to act like, like when you go back and watch all the catfish stuff, which we will do as we Mm -hmm. recap the old seasons, he is upset and hurt, but they kind of glaze over it. And it's definitely not the type of issue that you would expect it to become within a marriage, especially, I mean, what are we, we're five years later and he's still talking about it. It's still an issue to the point that like they're in marriage counseling and it's coming up and he is telling the therapist one thing, telling the camera another thing. Mm. One thing uh, is for sure, though, everybody be asking Mary why she hasn't left yet. And everybody's asking her why she plays the victim all the time. That okay, that too. If anybody checks out Mary's Instagram or on Twitter, but especially on Instagram, you scroll through the comments Man, every picture she posts, people are like telling her how beautiful she is, what a great person she is, that she seems to have this amazing bubbly personality online and, you know, all these complimentary things. And then why are you still in this horrible marriage and situation? Why don't you just leave? Like it's one after another after another to the point where it's like, how does she how can she possibly ignore them? Right. And now we know that she reads them. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, from that, and then I'm sure things that people have asked her in person, like, why, why do you stay? It seems like, it seems like all you're getting is shit on all the time and you're not held there for any reason legally now that you guys are, you were divorced years ago. So why do you stay? And it's for the reasons that probably most people thought, which is if she leaves, her whole world blows up. She like not only severs ties with Cody, but with the entire family. I think they both made mention too that they're both almost too stubborn to give up because that too. That's what they keep circling back to with Nancy is is this fixable? And Cody continues to admit that yeah, I think it is fixable. So that's why he doesn't want to give up on it. And I feel like Mary doesn't want to give up on it because she is longing for that past relationship that they used to have, the good times when she had control. She doesn't have it anymore. So now it's going to be very Mm. difficult to basically realign into the new family structure and fall in with that. Right. I mean, that's a whole nother component of this to think about is how did control fit into the divorce and Rob and Mary and Cody? I think for a controlling person, which Mary admits she is and Cody admits he is too, but that surrendering your title as the legal wife, that means that you're giving up a lot of control in this situation. You become very unrooted. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that was a sense of control and safety for her as her position within this family. Mm -hmm. And when she had to give that up and make that sacrifice for Robin to marry Cody so they could adopt her kids, that really fucked with Mary's head. Yeah, it really did. Like for sure. So... You talked a little bit about being a victim and how Cody tells Mary that in the therapy session. And she does admit to it. Yes. One time. Which it was like, ah. Yeah, yeah, I thought we had a breakthrough moment here where she admits, yes, I do. I do that. It's a defense mechanism that I have. But then we cut to a confessional and she immediately takes it back. She's like, no, I'm, I'm not a victim. I build walls. That's what I do. She repeatedly denies in the camera interviews with the producers that she's a victim or she ever acts like the victim, which was just mind boggling that 
for some reason, she was able to admit it in therapy, but now she's completely walking that back and claiming that she doesn't do that, which if it's one thing Mary does, it's definitely she tends to play the victim. Absolutely. It was my biggest beef with her. Which like we have 14 seasons worth of footage. Why don't you go back and watch some of it and decide if you acted like you were the victim? Because that is like the one benefit of being on TV (laughs) that you can go back and watch yourself. But that's the thing. She'll justify it in every situation. I guess that's true. That's the whole point of her victimization is that she's right. She feels this way because she's being wronged. So that's that's the issue that she has. The thing that bothered me about all this was as Cody is explaining all this about how Mary plays the victim and this and that. I was like, why is Cody psychoanalyzing Mary in the middle of this therapy session? It felt like there were a lot of instances where Cody's talking to Nancy. Cody's not talking to Mary. I feel like Mary did that too a little bit or there were like side jabs between it was mostly little jabs jabs back and forth where it was, you know, just kind of referencing those referencing the person who's sitting in the room with you, but not talking to them and addressing them directly, which I mean, sometimes that's done to keep confrontation from escalating, but it could also, if that wasn't directed, it could also be that they're just doing that again for defensive reasons. Um, but the other thing that was kind of alarming was Cody talks about how he can't be Mary's personal Jesus anymore. That for a long time in their marriage, he's always tried to fix Mary, that Mary has like issues with needing to feel love and be loved and have that be proven to her and that he just can't do it anymore, that he's not going to. It takes way too much energy. And I thought it was just disturbing that he framed it as trying to fix her because if you go through and listen to everything he says in the the therapy session it is focused on what mary needs to do right none of what cody needs to do Mm -hmm. he barely even writes anything down in their lists which we'll talk about but it's a lot mainly focused on mary needs to do this first mary needs to do that i need to see improvement in mary then we can work on our relationship. But there's no like, what am I going to do? What am I willing to do? And then that leads into even Nancy is asking Mary, are you willing to kind of dig deeper and get into some of these harder to talk about scenarios and things like that today, which Mary reluctantly agrees. Yes, I I, I want to move forward. I want to push forward and work on this to which Cody brings up that. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't want to hear any criticism today. Right. He's straight up not open to having anything negative said about him in this session today. Nancy asked, are you serious? Yeah, Nancy, guys, Nancy can't even fucking believe this. She cannot comprehend how they've come here for a marriage counseling session. They haven't been here for 18 months. Things are not going good. And Cody is not open to hearing any type of feedback on how he's been acting And how things can improve. Cody says he is dead serious. He's done with hearing about how he's wrong. So this opens up the door to exactly like what you're saying. It's basically him just telling Mary about everything that she's doing wrong. And that's what he's here for today. Which, again, as we kind of dig further into the session and think about the words and things that Mary says and writes down and the actions that she talks about. 
it's very clear that Mary has an issue with self-esteem and um, valuing herself. She needs a lot of her own personal therapy. Agreed. Yeah. It does not help to have someone who does not want to take any accountability from their own perspective and wants to continue to just tell you what you're doing wrong. If that's already where you're coming from, that like, I'm not good enough. Everything I do is wrong. Nothing. I can't please anybody. Why should I try? And then you have someone who just dumps on you perpetually. It's not going to be a constructive session. No. Right. No. (laughs) So then this is where we get into Cody is getting upset with Mary and he kind of he brings this up in a really strange way where he's talking about how Mary continues to treat people the way that he takes issue with the way that she treated him way back at the beginning of their marriage even. And he's he's kind of done with that. So he's feeling like this distance growing between them because Mary is still treating other people in their lives this way that he's not okay with. Which again, I think is another excuse because he does not verbalize what the issue is in how she's treating people or who that problem is with. And Mary says straight up, she has no idea what he is talking about. She doesn't know what he is pointing out here. Which again, this is pure conjecture because Cody does not give us any any type of additional information. But I mean, it's pretty clear that Mary doesn't attempt to have any type of relationship with the other sister wives. She's got, yeah, she, she buries herself in work. That's for sure. And there are a lot of concerns. And so Cody has mentioned this too, about the adult children, about how they, that is where he gives a little bit more info. It seems like the issue is mainly with the adult children that she doesn't have good relationships with. Right. Um, which who knows why it seems like Mary was a lot to deal with when they all were living in one home together when the kids were growing up. There are things written in their book about how Mary disciplined the children and the other wives had issues with that, Christine or, in particular. Or just how she treated Janelle at the beginning of, of her joining marriage. the family. Yeah, I think there's there's probably a plethora of things that they could choose from as to why they have an issue with Mary or hold any you know type of grudge against her. But she's acting like she has no idea what that could possibly be, which could just be the victim thing coming out. Could be. But it, mean, also, it also you gotta be- know when you treat people when you're kind of being a bitch to people that they probably don't feel like you like them much and you might have some problems together. Well, yeah. And I mean, again, on Cody's side of things, though, he's he's got to be harboring resentment and anger and all sorts of emotions here. So, I mean, that is playing into this really well, too, where he's kind of deflecting and saying, well, I'm not as upset with you now, um, but like you still need to work on these other things. You know, there's still the way you treat people in general is why I can't get close to you again, because I know you're going to start treating me like that again. So it's kind of a, it's a defense deflection thing that he's doing too. Yeah. I also think Cody is kind of full of bullshit because the next thing that he talks about is what I can't even process from this entire situation. So now Cody goes further down the path and talks about how he was deceived. So a lot of his resentment and bitterness that he has towards Mary ties all the way back to since they've been married So this is 20 plus years now that he 
And Mary courted very quickly, which, I mean, you did that with all of your wives. So what are you talking about? You were pushing Mariah to have a short courtship. Right. Like, this is what you do. So don't act like now you're surprised that having a short courtship means that you don't really get to know someone very well. He feels like, again, because they got married so quickly, that it's as if Mary tricked him into believing she was one person. And then when they got married, he found out over time all of this stuff about her that he doesn't like, that she wasn't honest about from the beginning. And he he literally just continues to use the word deception, which I all I could think was, what a gaslighter, right? As if Mary tricked him into marrying her. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a ridiculous claim. But again, I think it's just, it's his perception how you can have, you can kind of put up with things or deal with stuff in a relationship or move, move on with the thing. And then as soon as something really, really bad happens, you start to look back and then you're like, you know what? All of those times, this was all part of a whole different, you know, you start to see things in that different context when you're thinking back. Well, and now that you have a negative perception of this person. Yeah. So then you can take that current template and then apply it to everything that happened in the past. And then it changes how you feel about everything. Yeah. I just, it seemed like he was gaslighting her in the therapy session in front of Nancy by making it seem like she had misled him. And that now, like now Mary should put up with how he treats her because this entire thing is her fault. And this is where Nancy needs a break. She's like, okay, (laughs) uh, okay, we've addressed what we're going to talk about. Yes, we are going to jump into this deeper. We're going to get into some actual meat and potatoes here of the session. But I need to. I need two minutes. I've got to collect my thoughts. I need to take a breather. Yeah. Never a good sign that your therapist needs a break from talking to you. Yeah. I feel like this rattled Nancy and I I have never rattled it. Th- I've stumped a therapist, but I've never like made them nervous. In They've this never way. had to physically leave the room with your 40 pound binder. No, I've gotten a lot return of return when they've collected their thoughts in a way that they can actually say them back to you in a professional manner. No, I've gotten a lot of puzzled looks. But never have I ever had them leave the room uh, for a break. So Nancy left the room because she needed to plan an activity for them. Because when we come back from the commercial and Nancy's back in the room, they're going to start with talking about the emotions and feelings that they think may be impacting their relationship. Yeah, we have the, the four quadrant drill. It's basically like a SWOT analysis for your relationship. It's great. So Mary says kindness being genuine and having interaction. So this is this is her, you know, positive emotions and attitudes towards an ideal relationship that she wants. Which I mean, is that not the bare minimum? You want someone to be kind to you, you want them to have to be genuine in what they say and do, and you want them just to interact with you. Yeah, the interaction part was where I was I was stunned because it was like, that is very, this is like basic respect that you should expect from anybody that you encounter in your everyday life. Never mind the person you're married to. Right. And so Cody lists off his as kindness, same as Mary as the first one, trust, compassion, and integrity. He had a bunch more that he started to trail off there at the end, (laughs) but Nancy was like, no, yeah, you got the general idea, which I think trust 
at integrity. I think those, those are, things. Those are jabs. Well, jabs, yes, in that I think they tie back to the catfish. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think you're trustworthy and I don't think you have integrity. Right. And so those are my ideals. That's what I need for an ideal relationship. And we don't have that. Mm-hmm. Now they write down the attitudes, thoughts, and feelings that they think are preventing them. So the negatives. From getting to a good point. From the, yeah, that are going against that ideal scenario. Mary says fear that she doesn't trust. She builds walls, which we know she tells us all the freaking time. Repeatedly, yeah. She has a fear of judgment, a fear of loss, and then also her pride are right. all things that prevent her from making progress. Slip that one in at the end. I feel like that's a really big one for her. Yeah, I feel like pride should have been further up on the list. That's a big one. Cody's list is very short. It's just anger and fear. <laughs> just anger and fear, guys. That's it. Um, Something that was interesting, actually, during this part, when Mary talks about her list, she also discusses the fact that in the family, sometimes she feels like if she doesn't have a safe person there, so again, someone who she feels comfortable with that she trusts, that she has a lot of anxiety and panic in being around the family because it's it's a fear-inducing situation for her. Yeah, it's it's a stressful stressful environment to be around, to, to be in a situation where you feel like nobody wants you there and nobody likes you being there. Yeah. That, I mean, to feel that's, just to feel outright rejection from people in your family. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's some deep shit guys. Yeah. Like I know I already said that Mary needs therapy, but I, I mean, for real, that's not, that's not okay to feel unsafe within your family unit that you should, that's where you should feel most safe. And then Cody wonders why she has all these quote unquote, great relationships with people outside the family, but not within the family. She doesn't feel safe with the people within the family, which I would have loved for her to have broken that down a little further. And I know they've had other therapy sessions that will watch and that will explain some of this because she has not had good relationships with her sister wives. But the fact that now it seems like now that Mariah is gone, when she enters a family relationship or a family event, whatever, she feels like she has nobody on her side. Like there's no one there to back Mary in the situation. So she's walking in blind again because nobody even communicates in this family to her or really to each other, it seems like. And, you know, now she's in an uncomfortable situation that she just kind of has to live through till it's over. Yeah. And I mean, it, again, it comes back to just that the isolation and the loneliness. And that kind of pushed her to the catfishing incident to begin with was kind of feeling that. She was an outsider within the own within her own family and trying to seek any sort of attention, approval, kindness from somebody who's genuinely interested in her. Yeah, just looking for anybody to care. This this therapy session explains why Mary was the ideal person to be taken advantage of by a catfish. Yeah. Targeted. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to the top right quadrant of this exercise where they then go through and list out positive action examples, positive action examples. So things that they are doing that are positive and are getting them closer to their goal of repairing their relationship. And Cody is stumped. Yeah, there are, there are crickets. There is nothing to write and admittedly, the nice part here is that he's saying, I'm, I'm going to need some help with 
tools to come up with something for this because I am really struggling to find positives and like think of examples of actual things that are taking place here to work towards that ideal. So it is nice that he kind of voices that where he needs some assistance from Nancy, but they go over their list. Mary says that being present, vulnerable, kind, and open are all things that would be helpful and actions that she could. So this is where it's confusing because I don't know that Mary thinks that she's been doing these things or that she thinks that she could be doing these things because at first they had nothing to write. So I almost wonder if Nancy kind of pivoted the exercise a bit so that they could give responses because they've done, they had no examples over the past 18 months of things that they've been doing to help progress this at all. Yeah. Cody straight up did not give a response to this one there. It's not not that we even saw. No. And not, yeah, it's not in the episode. What shocked me too was pausing and seeing Mary's list because she had a few other line items too. Mm -hmm. Um, one that she had even crossed out was be courageous. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And we had a little discussion about this as we were watching the episode because a lot of people would think of being courageous or courage as something positive. Right. Why would you cross that off your list? There was no limit to the list. Unless it seemed like an emotion, maybe. I mean, if that's too vague. Again, this is this is my thought is... If you're raised in a religion where women are supposed to be subservient to their husband, that being courageous, being outspoken, anything like that is is a frowned upon or negative attribute for you to have as a woman. Right, because she did read out that she needed to be open as a positive thing. But what was actually written on her list was be soft and open, which as soon as I saw that, I was like, it's the most like religious brainwashing line I've ever seen written anywhere is that the woman needs to be soft, soft in their delivery, open, soft and open in the, yeah, be kind to your husband and understand that he's not perfect, but you need to be. So another thing, just tying back to how before I mentioned Cody doesn't take any personal responsibility in this, he, or think that he needs to change it all. He, he didn't even know how to approach this part of the exercise because What could he possibly be doing differently to make this any better? Why is any of this his problem? Mary's the problem. Mary's the one who needs to improve herself. And this is where Mary starts getting suspicious too, because she was about to start writing stuff. She goes, is is this a test? What are we we doing here? And again, for somebody who says they have a fear of judgment, even in her own therapy session, here we go with already being worried about what she's writing down. Like, is how is this going to be used? Is this a test? Are you tricking me? Is this going to embarrass me? Like those are the emotions that she's going through in this exercise. So then that gets us through the top right, which is the the positive action. So now we move on to the top left quadrant, which is again, action based, but it would be the negative actions that they're doing that are prohibiting them from obtaining their ideal relationship with each other. So This is where Nancy actually suggests that Mary writes down being a victim in the top left, to which Mary denies it again, saying that the victim thing is a label that Cody puts on her. She doesn't agree with it. I didn't I didn't say I was a victim, even though she totally did. But that's beside the point. 
But now Nancy <laughs> and Cody are both saying that I'm the victim. I play the victim. That's not something that she identifies with. Well, now she's the victim of Cody telling her she's a victim. That's it. Yeah, it's going. We're going so many levels in here. Yeah, Nancy was asking. Inception all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, Nancy was asking how deep you want to get today. And we're about to find out. Cody explains that his way of dealing with things in a fight is that he just walks away because that's like the ultimate fuck you to somebody for his negative. Yeah, for that's right. But it is his go to. That, that gives him the final word because nothing else can be said and that he gets to turn his back on someone and walk away. And so that's his mechanism to deal with confrontation. So it's at this point where they're kind of realizing the entirety of the exercise and what this means and things that they can learn and understand and take away. Cody comes to the realization that his viewpoint is really important and having a positive spin on things and, and looking at the positives really can help rebuild this relationship because even coming into the conversation today, he was upset that Mary had these great relationships outside of the family. So mm-hmm. with her work and colleagues, esteemed, you know, relationships that she has elsewhere. And he was upset that she didn't have that within the family. Where here he's kind of realizing, oh, I should look at it as it's a positive that Mary does have these great relationships. And let's encourage her to have that within the family setting. Well, again, it's like, hey, look, Mary is capable of these relationships. Oh, that's good. But now let's remind her that she needs to change herself. She needs to, she needs to do the work to make her relationships within the family look more like those other relationships. I didn't like that he said, focus on the positives and exploit that. Because then that's kind of how Cody approaches things is by exploiting, <laughs> exploiting stuff. I didn't really like that, but he's, he's got a step in the right direction. Not the best choice of words. He's trying though, you know, it's an A for effort today. At least they did come to the realization after this one session that they've been avoiding anything that is going to cause them to walk on eggshells. So they're not even walking on eggshells with each other at this point. They are actively avoiding discussing anything that is going to get them to that point. Exactly. So again, zero progress made in 18 months. Yeah, what a waste. In fact, like pretty much backsliding because they haven't even had conversations with each other to address any of this. So they're kind of starting to wrap up here and Nancy's asking, you know, how everybody's doing and, and dealing with this and everything. And Mary admits that she feels she feels hope. But she's going to build a wall. You know, she's guarded about it. Oh, She's going to put a wall up about that. But then Nancy (laughs) has to remind her that every wall that you build, it's counterproductive to that relationship, that thing that you crave the most. So you really need to kind of assess that. And Mary and Mary knows that. And that's kind of a part of what makes it so difficult for her, too. She knows that it's counterproductive, but she can't help but feel that. I liked what Mary had to say next, because she talks about how she expects both of them to do the work. This was big. Yeah. But so she kind of gives Cody an out. She says that she thinks that they're both refusing to see what the other person is doing, which I think she more so is referring to herself in because Cody seems to think that Mary has done nothing to improve herself. And Mary thinks that she's actually done a lot, um, but she can't be the only person in this who is participating in actively trying to fix the relationship. Well, I mean, that's with that's with any relationship and no matter what's going on, yeah, it can't be 
one-sided. It's not going to last. And she says straight up, she doesn't see what Cody's doing. It's a problem. Which, I mean, we don't either. When he can't even come over to your house to have a conversation with you, like you're talking in the backs of moving trucks, like your two strangers who met 45 minutes ago about- About forest fires? Forest fires. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get too deep into your relationship and fixing anything by keeping everything on the surface like that. So Right. Or staying at Robin's house all the time. Right. Nancy now decides to dig in at the end of the session because she's at least, if we're going to start somewhere, we're going to start in a place where you mutually have the same issue. And apparently I need to tell you, I need to give you a topic of discussion so that you can discuss this outside of therapy. Well, and I think she purposely chose something where they both have this issue so that it wasn't a conversation where Cody is coming at Mary sideways or confronting her about what she does. Correct. And Cody doesn't feel defensive against Mary for what she has to say to him because you both have the same problem. And that problem is control. Yes. They both are controlling. And Nancy lists it out. They're, they're both controlling, but in different ways. It's very interesting. Mary and Nancy explain that her control is focused around her environment, safety, protecting people that she loves. And then Nancy fires some shots here with Cody's because she points out his control is very charm and humor based, but she's never seen him not get his way. And the exact example that she uses is this move to Flagstaff against all odds, against everybody saying that they're not in support of this. He still pushed ahead. He forged ahead and made everybody do this. Mm-hmm. So you can't argue with that. No. And he says nothing. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> He doesn't mean, rebut Nancy. There is no answer to that. Which when she was talking about him being charming and controlling, I was like, mm-hmm. well, cause he was, he was joking she, when they well, were coming in. Uh, like, I wonder if she thinks he's a nurse or a, uh, a sociopath. Oh yeah. In any way. Well, just I mean, saying. it's just kind of, it's, that's how he, that's how he deals. <laughs> now, so yeah, Cody's saying how this has been very productive for me. Boy, I hope that Mary got something out of it too. And it's like, dude, you didn't talk to her. It's a four hour drive home. What did you talk you, about? You didn't mention any of this. Like, wow, that was really helpful. Or I'm looking forward to doing this, that, and the other, you know, it's listing things off or getting excited about it. No, it's just, you guys just drove back to Flagstaff in silence again. Talk <laughs> no to reflection her. on the session. Oh my God. I'm also... Did they schedule another session? I doubt it. I I doubt it too. Yeah, probably not. They're like, no, we got the control. We got the control conversation. It's on the it's on the books. Let's you go. You know that the TLC producers forced them to have this conversation. They were like, yo, we don't have like much going on this season. All you guys did was move was move 150 times. So we need some actual, you know, good content. Could you maybe go visit? a therapist and talk about your problems. They're like, guys, we, we cut out Mary's move when she moved into her new rental on her own. We kept the fire one, but we had to cut the other one uh, because it's just way too many fucking moves. So we're going to need something else. We're short 30 there's, minutes of content. There's a lot of, a lot of rentals. A lot Unfortunately, of you don't have another pregnant daughter. So yeah, could you maybe go do something interesting? And as it turns out, there is no lesbian wedding this year. 
Still going to put a rain check on that, put a pin in it for next year. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe. We'll think about it. Ugh. So next week, the season finale. Woohoo! Maddie's water breaks as she holds on to the bed of a pickup truck. Like a super soaker. Robin and Cody are having issues with their mortgage, and Robin says she isn't married to three other women. Something tells me that's inaccurate. <laughs> and Maddie's baby has to be rushed to the hospital. So yeah, that's scary. I mean, we know that she's okay because it happened like a year ago, but still, it's yeah, concerning. Again, not the most riveting content. I'm going to be really bored by the fact that this is so much about Maddie. I want therapy session part two, part two. Don't we all? Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving an iTunes review. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. You can follow us on Twitter at surviving underscore pod. And a big thanks to you, our fellow survivors out there. You're not alone. We can all get through this together. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.